Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them, and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. You look very interesting, and you ask great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows to you. Tim Howard. Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. It's presented by Fiverr. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Take five and check out Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You'll receive 10% off your first order by using my code SBR. We've got an incredible show lined up for you today. It's Super Bowl preview. Peter O'Reilly, the executive vice president of club business and league events for the NFL, he is the person charged with planning and producing the Super Bowl, the Pepsi halftime show, Pro Bowl, NFL international games, the NFL draft. He is going to give us a preview and bird's eye view of what you're going to see on Sunday when the game is on Fox. All the lead up. There's a hundred hours of programming on Fox. Lots goes into planning a Super Bowl. Peter O'Reilly, the man in charge of planning it, is going to join us on our show this week. NFL legend Eddie George, Heisman Trophy winner in 1995 at Ohio State, played nine seasons in the NFL. He's the all-time leading rusher for the Tennessee Titans. I love his transition into post-career. He's an actor on Broadway. He's been on HBO's Ballers with The Rock. He's an entrepreneur. We'll catch up with him on our show today. And Joanna Alba, she's a powerhouse L.A. designer with more than 1,200 NFL and NBA clients. She will join us on the show as well. Tragedy struck the sports world and really the world in general, this week, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, seven others died in a helicopter crash in California on Sunday. It was a shocking tragedy that has hit everyone so hard, whether you're a parent, family member, or a fellow athlete. Uh, it's really been amazing to see the response to this tragedy. I didn't know Kobe. I know people who know him. I have obviously followed him his whole career. But I can tell you this, he was one of one. When they made Kobe Bryant, they broke the mold, and he wanted all of the smoke. Like, this guy was as competitive as anyone the world has ever seen, thus the Mamba mentality. Uh, Kobe was so widely respected by other athletes, not just NBA athletes, as you'll hear with Eddie George on our show this week. His popularity and the respect transcended the NBA, NFL athletes, uh, Neymar, the soccer player, Coco Golf playing in the Australian Open this week. Athletes across the world respected Kobe Bryant and his championship caliber mentality. Uh, so much more than just an athlete, too. Talk about a guy whose second act was successful. He was an Oscar winner. He was a poet. He was a children's novelist. He really was embracing the second half of his life, and that's what's so tragic about this, too. 41 years old. That light went out far too soon. And, you know, just a, a heartbreaking 
day. I did have the chance in 2007 to follow Kobe for the day in China. I happened to be there at the same time. He was doing a promotional tour for Nike right before the 2008 Olympics. And my takeaway from the day was there's no athlete in the world more popular in Asia than Kobe Bryant. Not Michael Jordan, not Neymar, no soccer players. This was the guy. He was revered in Asia and he was revered worldwide. And not just people in the United States are mourning his passing. It's people around the world that are impacted by this. Um, you know, how can you, Griggs is a devoted dad. I'm a devoted dad. I have a daughter. He has four daughters. How can you not respect someone who is as engaged as a parent as Kobe Bryant was? His daughter, Gigi, was on the flight with him tragically, and her light went out too soon. She was a promising basketball player. She was part of the Mamba Academy. You know, she was going to play at UConn. She was going to play in the WNBA. That is heartbreaking to me that her light has not been able to to go on and she's not going to realize the potential. And there were other families on board of this helicopter. And it wasn't just about Kobe and Gianna Bryant. It was the other families that were impacted, too. And I was at David Stern's memorial service in New York last week. And, you know, some of the greats were there. Magic Johnson was there, Adam Silver. And once again, twice in the span of a month, the NBA loses another icon. And people like Adam Silver and Magic Johnson are going to have to step up again with this huge void that has been left with the passing of Kobe Bryant. My condolences to the families of everyone on board the helicopter that went down on Sunday. It's an unspeakable tragedy. It has robbed our world of some of the truly incredible lights that went out far too soon. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be back with Peter O'Reilly. We want to welcome an innovative company to the Sports Business Radio family of sponsors, Fiverr. Finding the right freelancer for your business or project can be time-consuming, frustrating, and expensive. Where do you go to find the talent? How much will it cost? How can you be certain they'll deliver? Thanks to Fiverr, finding the right freelancer doesn't have to be a struggle. Fiverr's marketplace helps you get more done with less. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, podcast editing, watch out, Griggs, and more. Find what you're looking for instantly. Search by service, deadline, price, reviews, and more. You'll know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating needed. 24-7 customer service. It's quality talent that you can count on. Sellers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Finding talent for your project has never been easier. Review seller ratings, buyer feedback, and select the right freelancer based on your budget. Take five and check out Fiverr.com. You'll receive 10% off your first order by using my code SBR. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time. Get the service you deserve by going to Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Code SBR. Fiverr. It starts here. Joining me now on the Blinder Guest Line is Peter O'Reilly, the Executive Vice President, Club Business and League Events for the NFL. O'Reilly and his staff are responsible for planning and executing the production of the Super Bowl, Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, Pro Bowl, NFL Draft, and NFL International Games for the NFL. Peter has overseen the planning and production for these events for the NFL since 2014. Well, Peter, thanks for joining us for our annual conversation before Super Bowl on Sports Business Radio. How's everything coming? Uh, it's great. We are uh, we're ready to go. We've uh, we've been on the ground in Miami for about the last month, and now. Uh, 
having gotten through opening night last night at uh, Marlins Park, we're we're in the heart of it. So uh, things are in good shape. You've got Super Bowl Live at Bayfront Park. You've got Super Bowl Experience at the Miami Convention Center. You've got the taste of the NFL at Diplomat Beach Resort. As we've talked when you've joined me before, you know, it used to be you just pulled up and, and tailgated before the game, and it was the game, and that was a big thing. But now the NFL has made this into a week of music and food and really great activities for the fans. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking this week that uh... – the last Super Bowl in Miami was 10 years ago, um, and a lot of the things that you just mentioned didn't exist in Miami 10 years ago. Um, the NFL experience predates that, but we didn't actually have an NFL experience, what's now called Super Bowl experience, 10 years ago. So that eight-day-long event, Super Bowl Live, the free fan event in Bayfront Park across those eight days didn't exist. What we did last night, Super Bowl opening night, the fan event tied with media events didn't exist 10 years ago. Um, so it is... You know, we really focused on how this becomes more than just a game on Sunday. You know, only 65,000 people will be in Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. How do we create an eight- or nine-day celebration where both fans in the region and fans coming to the market can really experience Super Bowl up close and personally? You told me last year that the NFL holds back about 500 tickets for Super Bowl, and you hand these out during the course of the season to just extraordinary fans and people with great stories. Are you guys still doing that? We are. It's uh, it's one of the uh, most special programs. And when we have a chance to surprise a fan, a high school football coach, uh, a, a youth group, uh, it's just amazing. So we did that again this year, Brian, 500 tickets. And throughout the season, and this year, um, obviously, as our 100th season, We've been doing a lot of um, surprise moments for fans, starting with what we did at the draft with uh, awarding Greg Hampton a Giants fan. He won uh, season tickets for the next 100 years, so those will stay in his family for a while. Um, but that program of Super Bowl tickets, every week, you know, the commissioner has surprised fans, players, um, and coaches, and, and alumni players across the league of surprise fans. So we're excited to host those 500 fans down here uh, on the NFL. That's amazing. Let's start with that. This is the NFL's 100th season. I was just in New York. I saw your friend John Schwartz from the NFL last week. He gave me an NFL 100 football to give to my daughter, which I was very appreciative of. But what is going to be special about this game because of NFL 100? Sure. John Schwartz is a good man, by the way. Um, the, uh, the 100th has been, it's been this year long journey. And, um, for us, in this, when you when you watch the Super Bowl, you're going to see that woven through. Um, the biggest moment is really going to be on field um, just after the the top of the hour at six o'clock. So really encourage fans to tune in all day to Fox starting at two, but certainly be at your set by six because we're going to have um, the greatest players, the hundred greatest players, and ten greatest coaches in NFL history will be on the field, or they'll be represented by. Uh, their family member and create a special moment. And the way we're doing it is really unique this year with Fox. It's not, uh, you know, not just a, a simple ceremony, really trying to bring to life the, the story of the hundred years. So that will be incredibly special. Um, and then you may recall the, the Super Bowl commercial that ran last year, the, uh, the celebration with all of the legends and kind of the, the tackling and the, and the, the cake. Um, the new version of that 
uh, really looks to the next 100 years and involves incredible youth football players from around the country as well as current players. And that's going to run right before kickoff. So really the spot right before kickoff. And that really, this year has been not only about celebrating the greatest moments and players and games over those 100 years, but it's about how do we how do we look forward to the next 100 years? And that spot that will air right before kickoff really focuses on the next 100 I sat down with Marianne Turk in December, and we talked about that spot. That by far was my favorite spot from last year's Super Bowl. So I'm really excited to see what you guys have come up with uh, for this year's NFL Super Bowl spot. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a fun one. There are a lot of surprises in there. Um, as you may have seen, we did a, a casting call for youth football players, flag tackle players from around the country um, to kind of submit their YouTube videos of their highlights and. Um, those kids, those 32 are going to be down here uh, and are, and are part of the, part of the spot. So that's pretty, pretty darn special. Um, so lots of 100 moments across the, the week. We're going to be announcing the winner of the fan vote for the greatest moment in NFL history. So that's down to, uh, a final four moments and Fox will reveal that greatest moment in NFL history uh, during their pregame show as well. How cool. Well, you guys have done a great job with NFL 100 this year. And, you know, I love the shows on the NFL network with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and others just sharing really unique insight and, and stories. Let's get into the logistics of the game. So you're at Hard Rock Stadium. I've been to Hard Rock Stadium. We had Tom Garfinkel, the president and CEO of the Dolphins, on this show two weeks ago. They've done probably close to a billion dollars in renovations to the stadium. It looks like a brand new stadium. I've never seen a remodel quite like this, but 64,000 seats there, which isn't a ton. One of the things that strikes me about the venue, Peter, is you feel like every seat is just like right next to the field. It's really got great sight lines. It does. The uh, What Mr. Ross and Tom have done in just transforming this stadium, and not only the stadium, the campus, into it really, you know, if, if you haven't been here in a while or, you know, if you were at the Super Bowl 10 years ago, you would not recognize this stadium. It really is, it's gorgeous. Just the way it's designed on the outside, all of the unique products. I mean, they, as you know, they took some seats out of the stadium in order to create these special um, type of seating products throughout the stadium. To your point, there is no bad sight line in there. Um, so this is... Um, really a top-tier stadium in the league, um, even though the Bones have, have been here for for quite a while. So I think it'll show beautifully. I'm at the stadium now and just looking out at the way this campus is dressed for Super Bowl, it's it's pretty darn special. So um, real testament to, to Mr. Ross and Tom in terms of what they've created here. Yeah, those tickets. I mean, you're in Miami, and not that, you know, Atlanta and Minneapolis and anywhere the Super Bowl goes isn't great, but there's a lot of celebs in Miami. And, you know, Tom said, look, that's what we, we took seats out. We put in those VIP seats because, you know, the Shakiras and JLos and A-Rods and people like that, that's the exclusive experience that they want. But I've got to imagine with Kansas City not being in the Super Bowl since 1969, with the Niners not being in the Super Bowl for a long time, the ticket demand for this game has to be off the charts. Uh, this is quite a matchup. This is, uh, you know, 50 years in the making for the Chiefs. You know, incredible historic franchise and the Niners, the star power in this game. So uh, the demand is, is certainly there. Um, the uh, demand for everything around the game, all of the events, the parties, and then certainly the game itself. 
Um, I know the the secondary market is uh, is uh, you know certainly active um, around this game. And to your point, uh, the star power not only within Miami, the star power flying into this game, which you see at every Super Bowl, but you certainly see it magnified in Miami because of the destination that it is. Speaking of star power, Pepsi halftime show, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. This is the first year the NFL has worked with Rock Nation and Jay-Z on, you know, finding the best musical acts and, and that partnership. How's that all working out? Because it seems like you nailed it with this. You've got two acts that are going to resonate in that market. They're both very hot globally. So it seems like a home run Pepsi halftime show. Uh, we're, we're excited about it. It's been a great partnership with Rock Nation um, coming in, uh, really kind of shaping the show, uh, then bringing in, in Jennifer and Shakira, obviously really represent the, the Latin community in Miami, um, an incredible artist who uh, have had great careers and will, will put on um, a really energetic, powerful show. So we're incredibly excited for the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and the partnership with Rock Nation is just the goal, among other things, was to elevate everything we're doing on the music front, and they've been terrific partners. So is that something where the NFL, Rock Nation, and Pepsi work together to figure out who's best for performing, or do you kind of just turn it over to Rock Nation and say, we're no, we know you're going to get someone great, go do it? It's a, it's a partnership for sure, and, and it's a conversation, and, and now you know Rock Nation is, is very much at the table, and... Uh, you know, with, with, with Jay-Z as, a, as an executive producer of the show. And uh, certainly they know, they know the music business uh, beautifully. So they're, uh, they're, they're bringing the ideas and the concepts to the table, and we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring them to life. All right. Fox Sports has the Super Bowl broadcast on Sunday. It's their ninth Super Bowl overall. They're offering more than 100 hours of programming across Fox, FS1, and Fox Deportes. Explain how the NFL and Fox work together, because if you're one of these broadcast partners, Fox, CBS, NBC, having the Super Bowl is really the crown jewel. It's the most watched TV event of the year. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, Fox has great experience putting on Super Bowls. Um, it gets bigger every year, to your point, in terms of the hours of coverage, the hours of coverage across all their networks, the presence that they have throughout this week. They've got a a massive compound out on South Beach with their multiple sets there, so you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of content coming out from there. Um, and then on game day, with with both Fox and Fox Deportes delivering the game, it is um, you know it's a partnership that that gets better every year. Um, and they they know how to do Super Bowls for sure. And we just uh, we just spent the the morning with them going over and fine tuning the plans for. Uh, the production on game day and they're they're ready to go they have got uh some of the best in the business uh producing and directing this game well and it's so interesting jack buck called the first super bowl with the kansas city chiefs and now his son joe is going to be calling this super bowl with the kansas city chiefs some really cool uh alignment there no amazing and and the way jim nance acknowledged that at the end of the game to kind of point ahead to uh how special that is that uh that Joe will be calling that game. Um, yeah, there's there's so many there's so many storylines there. There's such history with these two franchises. Um, you know, little nuggets here and there. We've got uh, the longtime Super Bowl groundskeeper 
George Toma, whose birthday is February 2nd. He happens to have been the Chiefs and the Royals groundkeeper um, 50 years later. His Chiefs are in the game wow. on his birthday, February 2nd. They're, they're all these little subplots to Super Bowl that, uh, that come home to roost in a really special way. Now that's amazing. What is it like having, so, you know, I look at the NFL and you see Tom Brady and Eli Manning and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers getting older. And I see this Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm like, the NFL couldn't have drawn this up any better. Two of the faces of the league going forward for hopefully many years to, to come are on this big stage. Does the league sit here and say, you know what, we're going to promote the heck out of these guys because these are the future faces of our league? Yeah, I mean, I think that they um, they they represent themselves so well. They represent their franchises so well. Not just them, but there's so many. You saw it last night at opening night, the way that the, the captains, I think it was such a special moment, something we've done the last few years of bring the captains of the two teams and the coaches of the two teams together for a moment of sportsmanship and right. an interview, the only time besides right before the game. And you saw that in, with Patrick and Jimmy sitting next to each other and uh, Tyron Matthew and, and Richard Sherman sitting next to each other and uh, Coach Shanahan and Coach Reed together. Just There's such great, um, great people and great stories around this game, and certainly Patrick and Jimmy are, are great stars who uh, – you know, are, are, are easy to promote and, and uh, just fantastic representatives of the league. Well, I think two of the greatest personalities in this game are the two tight ends, Kittles and Kelsey. I mean, just when they got those two together for an interview, that was very entertaining as well. And boy, what outstanding tight ends those two are. Yeah, no doubt. That's a, that's a good call out, Brian. They were, uh, that was, that was fun. And, and both of them have, have great personalities, incredible players, um, and as you saw last night, so much respect for each other. So um, that's a you know that's a, a great um, highlight to have two of the, the top tight ends in there who are you know also just you know, certainly larger than life guys. So sponsors of the Super Bowl, I know we've talked about this before. As far as on the TV broadcast on Fox, I'm reading they're going for a record 5.6 million dollars for 30 seconds. If you're an NFL Super Bowl sponsor and you buy an ad and you're paying $5.6 million, are you just getting the time? Do you get some tickets? Like, are you working with Fox to put together a package that someone can enjoy or is it strictly the airtime? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really more of a Fox question, but it's really a, uh, you know, it's about the, the, the time in the game and the, the size of the audience that we have. So it's really about the, the media. Obviously, we've got our NFL sponsors who are many of whom have advertising in the game, many of whom have really big activations, not only here in Miami, but across the country in terms of how they're bringing their sponsorship to life. But it's, uh, you know, it is, you know, again, uh, reflects the, the cultural moment that it is, um, the way that the commercials are consumed, not only in the broadcast itself, but well beyond and via social um, and and Fox, as you know, was was sold out early this year, and and were able was able to you know demand uh, command that type of uh, that type of unit cost. Technology in the Super Bowl. When I had Tom Garfinkel on, 
I know they've got 5G at the stadium. I know when people come to a Super Bowl, they want to take their selfies and post on social. And it's become a big part of the fan experience and expectation, really, to go to a game and be able to do those things. Anything special, whether it's the Fox broadcast or anything technological in the stadium that you guys are going to be doing on Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, you know, certainly on the 5G front, Verizon, his, uh, as our partner, is going to be doing a, a number of different tests. And, you know, this stadium is, is well equipped to handle that, as, uh, as Tom likely detailed. But you're, we're going to be doing um, some unique tests uh, during the game that we haven't done before within, the, within our OnePass app, which is our app for, uh, for ticket holders and those in the game down here. We're going to be doing some interesting augmented reality elements. Um, and really kind of tapping into um, a lot of the newest technology that 5G allows, and then even kind of juxtapose, juxtaposing old and new, where in the, in the broadcast, that all-time, the NFL 100 all-time team moments, um, we're going to be using some mixed reality um, in really unique ways to bring those players to life around that moment. So not just having them on the field, but incorporating um, some really unique mixed reality into that moment right before the kickoff. Wow. I can't wait to see that. Uh, okay. Let's talk about some upcoming Super Bowls. I know last year I asked you about the Super Bowl rotation. You said we're not in rotation mode, but we've got Tampa coming up next year, LA and the new stadium in 2022, then Arizona, then New Orleans. I've got to think at some point Las Vegas is in the mix. I know you're going to Las Vegas for the NFL draft, but I guess my question is, I'm sure you're looking at the new venues that are popping up, and amongst those are L.A. and Las Vegas, which are going to be these crown jewels. They've got to be on the list for Super Bowls, right? Well, we're we're obviously thrilled to have um, both SoFi Stadium and Allegiant Stadium opening next year. Um, It's pretty, you know, timing couldn't be better as we come out of the 100th, start our 101st season with these two magnificent buildings opening in L.A. and Las Vegas. Um, as you mentioned, Los Angeles already has a, a Super Bowl secured, and we're um, in preparation mode for that. And then uh, working really closely with the Raiders and the, the city of Las Vegas on the draft there in April. Um, and then we'll come out of this Super Bowl in Miami and, and work with the ownership to look at what the, what the horizon looks like for Super Bowl 59 and beyond. Um, but obviously Vegas is a, is a great big event town. Um, we hope to showcase the head in a big way around draft and then kind of determine from there um, Super Bowl or any other events that could be there. We talked about this before, too, but the draft, it's unbelievable, the event. I've never th- seen anything like what I saw in Nashville last year with the streets just packed with people for the draft. And now I'm hearing you're going to shut down the strip in Las Vegas and Players that are drafted are going to be taken by like mini boats to the stage. Is, is that how that's going to play out? That's not exactly accurate, but I'll, it's uh, it's something along those lines. So um, we are, you know, if when when you look at the draft overall, as you as you described, we're so thrilled to be moving around to different markets, and in each market, we look at what's the most iconic way to bring the draft to life. The Super Bowl is it's a hundred yard field. The stadiums are different. But the draft allows you to take the announcement of that pick and build it into the fabric of the city. Nashville was out on Lower Broadway, the Rocky Steps in Philadelphia. So in Vegas, um, the main stage is actually going to be um, just off the strip. So the main draft stage will have 
the backdrop of the high roller wheel will be right next to the Caesars Forum, which was just built there, and the free fan experience will be there. What we're doing on the Bellagio Fountains is the red carpet uh, and an ancillary stage there. So right before the draft on Thursday, the red carpet will take place there. And yes, uh, indeed, the, the prospects themselves will be transported um, on the Bellagio Fountains via boat to uh, a floating, if you will, red carpet stage. So um, our goal is to, is to lean into and, and really showcase these cities, create a great experience, obviously, for the prospects, their families, and the fans that are there on site, a free experience for the fans, which is key around the draft, um, and take that, make the, the city a character in the play, if you will, in the broadcast on ABC and ESPN and NFL Network. Well, i got to tell you, I love New York. I'm there all the time. But I think one of the best decisions you guys ever made was moving the draft around for all the reasons that you just said. But, you know, it's free, and it really allows the fans in that market to engage with the players and just the whole spectacle of the draft. And it's amazing how big the draft has become on TV and, and on site. Yeah, it's been, you know, obviously it's, it's the convergence of college and NFL, so these two powerful moments. It's been so great, in addition to NFL Network and ABC to have and ESPN to have the ABC broadcast, the college game day crew bring those things together, um, and then there's the entertainment component of it that you saw a bit of in Nashville in terms of how do you turn this into a festival environment that surrounds the draft. Last year we had Tim McGraw and Dirk Bentley on the main stage, so. Um, we haven't announced anything yet or locked in anything, but you can imagine in Vegas that we'll, we'll take advantage of the entertainment uh, and the star power of Vegas to make sure that that draft stage, when the draft's not going on, is used for some big moments as well. So um, it is for fans, it's this oasis in the offseason where um, you, you know how consequential the draft is. You see that in the Niners and the way John Lynch is drafted um, that gets them to the Super Bowl so quickly. Um, it's got meaning on the football side, but it's also got, we're hoping this, this kind of, this be this cultural moment in the, in the sports and entertainment world, uh, each April. Well, I can tell you, I was switching back and forth between the ESPN football coverage and then the ABC Robin Roberts hosted coverage. And my daughter made me keep it on the Robin Roberts huh. channel because Taylor Swift was on and she made a surprise appearance in Nashville. And so you're, if you're worried about relating to the younger audience or the pop culture audience, you, you check that box with my daughter on that broadcast. And I love the fact that, you know, you can go back and forth between those two broadcasts. Yeah, no, it's great. We appreciate her support. Um, the, uh, there is that factor. If you, if you, if you look at those broadcasts, it is, you know, certainly ABC has that, that college dynamic, but it also has some of those other moments. You know, you, it was last year, it was Tom Rinaldi interviewing the mom right afterwards and kind of getting the human story behind the prospects. Whereas maybe on an ESPN or NFL network broadcast, you're, you're more going into the highlight package of that player and, and talking to the, the, the prospect themselves. So trying to, to really round out and, and provide, provide different experiences for different audiences. All right, just a few minutes left. I always ask you this question. What does your week look like between now and Super Bowl Sunday? And then I know on Sunday you're in the NFL Command Center. Walk us through what your life looks like between now and the big game. Well, this is this is the time we all love. This is first of all, and I, it's an incredible team across all parts of the NFL and all of our vendors, and it's a small army that makes the Super Bowl um, work. And they are 
the best in the business. And I'm so appreciative of them and the expertise that they're, you know, we are, we're in the throes of, of rehearsals now. So it's, um, you know, a lot of time out at the stadium where we're making sure um, now that the, the campus is built, if you will, really running through all of the scenarios operationally and logistically, all the movements. And then, you know, we'll go into working with our, uh, our partners, Touchdown Entertainment and Rock Nation, go into halftime rehearsals and all of the pregame rehearsals throughout this week um, while simultaneously um, checking in on making sure the broader Super Bowl world of Super Bowl experience at the convention center, Super Bowl Live, um, NFL honors the night before the game are all um, coming together. So it's a, it's a bit of, you know, constantly uh, uh, responding to, to, to little issues and working through them and, and fine-tuning as we go through the week. And then, as you said, as we get into game day, we'll come over to, to Hard Rock Stadium pretty early. You know, we've got a, you know, a 6.30 kick, but we'll be over here, you know, probably about 7, 7.30 in the morning, settle in, walk the campus, um, and then, and then we'll, we'll have in NFL control all of the different core departments across the NFL. That's our nerve center. Um, and then we, you know, kind of play through the day. We've done lots of scenario planning, but you, you kind of work through the day. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a special day and a special team. And, uh, you know, you're, you're ready for anything that comes up, uh, hopefully. You guys do an amazing job. All right, I have two pieces of advice for you. One, and I know your mom has given you this advice before, make sure that you eat and drink water this week. Because if, if you don't eat and drink water, you're no good to your crew on Sunday. And then the other is make sure that you have an extra coin in your pocket in case there's an overtime game like we uh, saw Patriots and Falcons, right? I love that story. That's a, that's a good one. I definitely uh, – my mother is, is big on hydration for sure, so <laughs> I, will, uh, I will heed, I'll heed that advice. Um, but, yes, that's uh, – that story of, of Super Bowl Fifty One in Houston um, will uh, will carry on for a while. That was uh, President George H. W. Bush and Barbara Bush, uh, a special coin toss moment in their hometown, uh, where he had just come out of the hospital and he uh, he flipped the coin and uh, rightly so. A member of my team uh, he asked to keep the coin. He kept the coin. Um, so we had, as as you know, we had never had an overtime in Super Bowl history. So with a uh, a uh, couple of minutes on the clock and the potential overtime over the the walkie-talkies. We were confirming that anyone had the had the coin, and there was a bit of a pregnant pause there while people uh, realized that the that President Bush had the <laughs> coin. So we uh, we did have an alternate an alternate, and that was found uh, in enough time, and uh, we were able to uh, to play out overtime. But uh, those are the the special little moments that happen, um, and we uh, will we'll hang with us for a long time. Who's flipping the coin this year? Um, we are creating a special moment that uh, we are going to announce soon. Um, that uh, that we will we will get out in the next couple of days. Okay, we will stay tuned. Peter O'Reilly, Executive Vice President, Club Business and League Events for the NFL, does an amazing job with his team on producing the Super Bowl, the NFL Draft, the Pro Bowl, NFL International Games. Really, uh, when it comes to planning events, Peter is the guy. Peter, thank you so much. I always enjoy this annual conversation. Best of luck this week and with Super Bowl, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks so much, Brian. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back.
When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and University Stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. My guest is Eddie George. He is the Heisman Trophy winner in 1995 at Ohio State. He played nine seasons in the NFL. He's the all-time leading rusher for the Tennessee Titans. He's acted on Broadway. He played Billy Flynn in the Broadway musical Chicago. He's appeared on one of my favorite TV shows, Ballers, on HBO, alongside The Rock. And maybe most impressive, he's graduated from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. He's now a successful entrepreneur. Eddie, thanks so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Man, I'm doing wonderful today. I can't, can't complain at all, man. Here in Miami, just got off the plane. Made it here safely, sound. Uh, glad to be out of the cold in the, of Nashville and some warm weather here for a whole week. So really excited to all the festivity that's going on right now. Now that's great. I'm glad you're there safely and ready for a, a big week ahead. I got to tell you, you know, watching your post career, you seemingly have made one of the most successful transitions from successful athlete to entrepreneur, actor, everything that you're doing off the field. When did you start thinking about your post-career when you were playing? Oh, wow. Um, I've always thought about it. Uh, I just didn't know when that would happen. Um, I was never really prepared for it emotionally. I I saved my money. I did all the right things in terms of, of that. But as far as... Um, really knowing what to do and what business to jump in or really finding my passion, that was really difficult. Uh, I had to find out who I was. And I had to go through that whole process of allowing the athlete to die uh, because you spend your entire life focused on one particular thing and that's being the best football player I could possibly be. And then it's time for me to transition into uh, something completely different. It took me some time to figure that out. So I had to uh, go through a bit of depression, uh, sort out counseling with the counselor because of it and still continue to do that. And I had to um, work on my personal development and uh, education was a part of that. You know, I like to say my three E's was really a part of that whole process was through my education, through the arts in terms of entertainment and, um, and entrepreneurship and giving back uh, to people in a, in a way that I can not in fact, monetize on that as well. So 
uh, kind of that's kind of how I've been able to do it. Uh, re- really, truly redefining myself and who I am and who I, what I'm trying to do. Well, I think you've done a great job. I love the three E's mantra. That's really good mantra to live by. The acting. Where did this come from? Because when I followed you as an athlete, I didn't really hear or see any hints of acting post-career. When did it kind of hit you that, you know what, I might want to be on Broadway one day? Well, I did a few things here and there, some um, different um, parts, uh, doing commercials and uh, a few guest appearances on uh, different episodes of uh in the house and so forth with LL Cool J. Um I guess then I kind of was kind of intrigued by it. But it wasn't until after football when I was commentating and I was looking to try to figure out the best way of of being the best communicator I could possibly be and so comfortable in front of the camera and all of that. And I said, Well let me take acting lessons. Maybe I can find you know my comfort in my zone and really to find my craft uh, in this in this manner, I was always looking to do something different than anybody else. Um, well, I found that it was completely different. Um, what I found was a way for me to filter a lot of the emotion that I was going through at that particular time of of doubt and fear and frustration, um, excitement, and uh, of this new chapter of my life. And filter that through of the voice of a character, maybe Lorraine Hansberry's uh, raising the sun, or um, through. Uh, a different character than Shakespeare. Um, and that really intrigued me. And that lit a fire under me. And I was like, man, this is some cool shit, you know, to uh, to find a way of self-expression and kind of feel the same way that I felt under the lights of the football stadium. You know, I was now under the lights of a, of a stage and telling the story completely different. But the elements certainly apply in terms of the process, uh, the grind of it, um, the feeling of it. I, I enjoyed the grind of, of training. I enjoyed the grind of training camp and getting better. And I, I really fell in love with the uh, form of storytelling and uh, theater atmosphere. And that's, that's, and that's where I really fell in love with it. Biggest difference between being on Broadway in an intimate setting and being on a show like Ballers where it's scripted and you can do a few takes if you need to. Well, yeah, the stakes are higher in theater. Um, and that's really the, the actor's medium is in theater. And that's where you build your chops. Uh, it's completely different in the fact that you don't, there are no takes. There are no second chances. <laughs> you know, you skip over a, a, a few pages of material um, on stage, that's it. You know, that's the scene, and you have to work with it. You forget a line, you've got to be realistic in the moment and, and tell a an honest story and, and, and you know, imaginary circumstances. Whereas the um, in, in camera or, or take in TV in front of the camera, it's it's the same pressure applies, but it's different. You know, you have a couple of takes, but not really. When you're working with LaRock and you have you forget your lines, and you're like, okay, line, and they're like, okay, this guy's gonna take all day long. So let me just do my part and get out of here while he's <laughs> you know doing it on air. You know, you want to have uh, some professionalism, so it uh, it serves you to know the text, be prepared, be on time. Um, but, but definitely it's, a, it's not as easy as you would think because other people are relying on you to know what you're doing. I got to tell you, the scenes with The Rock, it wasn't like you were just making a cameo hanging out in the background. Like Those were some pretty intense, dramatic scenes that you guys did. Yeah, yeah, they called me in to do that, and I thought it was pretty ironic. And I'm sitting here like, okay, 
this is this is pretty cool. I get to curse the rock out, <laughs> and, and I have like a semi fight scene where he kicks in the door and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, as I'm delivering my lives, like, damn, this is a fucking rock. Like, damn, this is this is unreal. This is surreal. And uh, but I had to snap back into it. Say, okay, I got a job to do, and I had to come from a, a real place. I had to draw it in and get. You know, I was really in that circumstance. And really draw on the past experience I had when somebody did uh, take advantage of me financially speaking and um, and just let the hammer fly. What have you learned from going to the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University? And if someone comes to you now, you're an entrepreneur, if they come to you and say, Eddie, I want to do business with you, what are you looking for in that partnership? Wow. Wow. Um, one of the things I have learned uh, going to um, business school was the ability to uh, uh, to, to work with others. Um, I understand you have to have to be on the right team, the right the right people uh, in terms of the right roles. And, and thank you. There's <laughs> a couple fans taking pictures. Uh, <laughs> you probably get that everywhere. Uh, yeah, take care. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but. Uh, one of the things, a couple of things that I did learn was getting the right people in the right situation, the right roles, the right team. And that takes patience. It takes um, years of understanding, you know, who fits that role. They may not, they may seem right at first, but they may not fit. Um, uh, understanding, you know, different ways of looking at the world. No longer do I just look at one thing from one perspective. I look at it from a multitude of perspectives from their shoes, from the customer's eyes, from my eyes. And I try to create whatever experience that I'm that I into at that particular time. Uh, and really, you know, it wasn't so much the in-classroom information that was uh, eye-opening and enlightening. It was the conversations we had with others outside the classroom. I mean, hmm. There were students from all over the world, from Russia to um, uh, the Middle East, to Africa, to China, that was coming every other weekend to Chicago to, to learn. These were all my classmates. Uh, China, going on trips to Israel, China, learning about venture capitalism and uh, capital, uh, private equity, uh, to, and all those different subjects. So it was really, the learning was outside the classroom, the different practices of how you approach things and, and how you become a better person versus just a better businessman. Because as you become a better person, your your the everything else will in your life all the other roles that you play will uh be affected by that that work so um so what I look for in individuals integrity is so important to me, and that's in the small stuff and how you treat others, how you handle adversity, how um you deal with the smallest things you know in terms of your family you know I look at if a man has Children and I'm doing business with them. I look at the fruits of his children, the terms of his children, hmm. how they how they are as character people. And that determines to me how he delegates, how he um, or they or he or she uh, interacts, uh, develops, cultivates others. Because if you're not a true leader of your household, then you can never be a true leader with me. So or, or operate with a sense of integrity, or which are which are pouring into your children or those around you. So I look for all of the little things that, that tell big stories. Now, that's really, really good insight and advice. I've got to ask you this. Uh, this week, as you know, we lost uh, an icon, Kobe Bryant, tragically, yeah. 
and his daughter and seven others on a helicopter. The brotherhood of pro athletes. It, it, when I look at it, it's not just NBA guys supporting Kobe. It's I, you know I'm listening to Patrick Mahomes last night at Media Day and Jimmy Garoppolo, and there seems to be a brotherhood of pro athletes. Can you discuss that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Kobe uh, special in a sense that for me, because you were both in the same draft coming out hmm. uh, in the NBA and NFL. And you look at the talent of both of those drafts that year of 96, it was really, really interesting. And, and Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, we had Ter- Terrell Owens, Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden, uh, Marvin Harrison, Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, it was a really deep, talented year for both sports. And we knew one another. We were in awe of one another. Uh, Kobe and I were the athletes, premier athletes for Adidas uh, at the same time. Wow. So I kind of got a chance to know him differently. I didn't know him personally, but I knew him. He was still, I had a great deal of respect for him. He's from Philly. He's from the same area I grew up at. He went to Lower Marion with the Abbott. You know, so I, I know, I kind of know the cloth that he's cut from, and I understand it. And to know, to know Kobe, he wasn't just a, an exceptional ball basketball player. This dude was a writer. He wrote poetry. He was uh, always into the arts the outside of that. He took uh, writing classes. I mean, I would advise anybody that's really intrigued by his story now, second act, to go listen to his podcast, I think, with Gary B. I listened to it about a month and a half ago before his passing, and I was like, man, this dude was already on the same tr- track uh, in terms of being transitioned from basketball into, into being a writer. He was already naturally a writer. That really inspired him to write children's story books. So, but but to to talk about the respect that we have among another, it really impacted us all. Um, and I didn't know him personally; he's not somebody I can call on my Rolodex. But I knew it, and I respected his craft, and I, it affected me deeply. You know, because I just knew the type of man that he was. I knew that he was desiring. I knew that he was becoming. After the game, I knew the impact that he now had in life, in the second phase of his life, was giving back to others. He was going to handle that beautifully. And it hurt me, and it still hurts me. So I can only imagine how it really has impacted those that he knew intimately. Um, and But uh, there is, you just, you strip away the, the uniform, you know, as warriors, as men of the, that love the game, or any sport, and they, they understand the work that goes into any profession that you uh, go into, and you're at the top of that, you understand the work that he put in um, is not hyperbole that he was this ultimate workout warrior. It is the absolute truth. That's who he was in, in all aspects of his life. So, you know, it, it's really a tough pill to swallow and digest and get your head wrapped around um, what his life meant uh, for us all. Well, thank you for your thoughts. I'm a dad, too, and, and you know, just a horrifying image of, of everything that happened for the parents that were on that helicopter, but I know that you would have a, a special, unique you know, he checks the boxes that you just mentioned when I ask you about who you want to do business with, like he was a good dad he was a smart, innovative guy, you know, that second yeah. act he, he was nailing it, just like you are, so that's uh, that's good stuff, alright, so you're in Miami uh, Super Bowl week, what do you have planned, what's on your docket this week? Uh, this week, I have a few things I'm doing. I'm doing a couple of panels. One, a special panel with uh, Joanna Alba, who is a uh, designer. She designs clothes. I'll be doing a panel with Terrell Owens, 
Adrian Peterson, uh, to name a couple guys. There will be four of us uh, doing some fashion stuff. Really, it's a week of celebration um, to celebrate an amazing NFL season this year. Um, finally, we have uh, a different team that's in it <laughs> outside the New England Patriots. <laughs> so I think that's so refreshing to see two fresh young up-and-coming uh, quarterbacks, two hot teams that are coming in uh, on the year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but it's just a week of, of seeing our friends, to tell them that, hey, I appreciate you. I love your work. I love you. Uh, great seeing you again, um, talking business. I mean, just a, a great time to, to network, but also to appreciate and show love and to come together and um, um, love on one another. So that's, that's what this week is all about. Joanna Alba, she is a powerhouse designer. You just mentioned the panel you're going to be on with her. What are your go-to fits when you're working with her? What do you like to wear? You know, it's interesting. I have my seasons, uh, and I, I go off how I feel like. For example, this season has been all about the plaids, plaid pants with a T-shirt, some sneakers, or a blazer, um, plaid uh, blazers, you know, with jeans. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just different in terms of inspiration. Uh, so it really, I'll, I'll call her and I'll say, listen, I'm going on television. I'm looking to be, you know, cool, crisp, yet, but yet elegant look, a classic look, um, how I can dress it up. So she'll give me, she'll shoot me a couple of ideas and I'll shoot back some, uh, some, some of my thoughts. And that's how we collaborate. She's like that with all her clients. Um, and the fit, everything is to perfection. She, we talk about details, man. She's on it down to the notch and peak lapel, the inches on it in terms of, like, if, it, if it's too much peak or a little less peak, you know, it really makes a statement. It makes a difference in how you walk, how you carry yourself. Um, and over, your overall being, your, your swagger is so important that everything be on point down to the laces of your shoes, you know, and the socks that you wear. So that's why I really like um, working with her because she's very thoughtful. She's skillful in terms of her craft, in terms of making you be the best look, that making sure that you're the best looking person that you could possibly be, it goes along with your style. And um, I love her. I love her to death. That's great. Yeah, she's on point. She's got a lot of NBA and NFL clients. So last question for you, because I know you've got to run. How do you see Super Bowl unfolding, and, and what's your prediction for the game? Ah, man, you know, I think it's going to be a really exciting matchup. First of all, just the look of it. You know, we have the first time, I think, in NFL history where two teams are wearing dominantly red colors. Right. I'm, I'm all about that. So the Chiefs, the 49ers, an intriguing matchup. Patrick Mahomes, I, I had a chance to go out to the AFC Championship and watch him up live, close and personal, and the dude is the real deal. Um, I don't think there's any better quarterback in the NFL right now, I think. There's Lamar Jackson, who is clearly probably the MVP this year, had the better year, but in terms of overall uh, quarterbacking, I think that he ed- Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes edges him out. So I like, I'm curious to see how they're going to contain him. Um, I, I like, I, I think it's Kansas City's time. Um, it doesn't matter if they're down by 17 points, 24 points, up by 30, they're going to find a way to win. And I think going through what they went through last year, the better loss against New England at home, really made them a tougher team of what they a togetherness. They tweaked the roster slightly, but yet those, that nucleus, that team is still there, and they remember that, and that's propelling them. They know who they are. They know how to win. They don't panic. 
like in years past, like we've seen Kansas City do before. I think this is their time to do it. I think the defense will make certain will make enough plays to get Patrick Mahomes the ball back to be lethal. And I, I like them to edge it out by ten points. Eddie George, you can follow him on Twitter at Eddie George twenty seven twenty seven. He's doing great things on Broadway as an entrepreneur post career. You're killing it, Eddie. Thank you so much for joining me on Thank Sports you, Business brother. Radio. God bless you, man. Have a great day. You too. Good luck with everything this week. Will do. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. One word you wouldn't typically associate with a dress shirt is comfort. However, the folks over at Mizzen in Maine are changing this. Their shirts are incredibly comfortable. Mizzen in Maine makes dress shirts for men that fixes everything that's ever been wrong with shirts for so long. Their shirts breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. It's like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for travel. They've taken the hassle out of looking great through wrinkle resistance and the ability to wash your shirts at home. No more last-minute ironing. No more after-work trips to the dry cleaner. It's a shirt that's worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. And guess what? Mizzen in Maine now is making pants at long last. The Mizzen and Maine performance chino is here. Everything consumers love about the dress shirts, packed into new pants. Business casual just got comfortable. I love my Mizzen and Maine pants. It has the same breathability, superior comfort, no pilling. It's awesome. For travel, I don't have to worry about my pants being wrinkled when I take them out of my suitcase, just like my dress shirt. So now I'm covered. I've got the pullover, I've got the dress shirts, I've got the new pants. Go to mizzenandmain.com, use the promo code SBR. Try out their new pants, I promise you'll love them. That's mizzenandmain.com, code SBR. Well, from Magic Johnson to Russell Westbrook, Derek Henry, you saw his fits during the playoffs, Adrian Peterson, Terrell Suggs, many, many more. My next guest, Joanna Alba, she's a powerhouse L.A. designer, more than 1,200 NFL and NBA clients. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Alba Legacy. Joanna, thanks for joining us during a busy week in Miami. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for having me, Brian. So... I got to ask, how did you get into this? And this is not easy to build relationships with pro athletes. And you have done it very, very successfully. Tell us your story. Well, let's just start with the magic man. Um, I was fortunate to have met him in my early 20s. And I worked with him for a couple of years. He was um, purchasing custom suits from a, a different company. You know, he's 6'9". And and, and clothes are hard to find. So um, we started working together. I was building his wardrobe, and I was walking down Rodeo Drive, picking out his ties, and we just, you know, built a relationship, and uh, myself with Cookie as well. And um, he's still my mentor till this day, and I've just been very fortunate watching him, um, you know, do his thing, which actually, you know, I've mocked in my business as far as building relationships. What is the key to building those good relationships, you think? I just think it's being, you know, yourself, being real. Um, my core value is giving back. Uh, you know, when I say magic's my mentor, it's really the way he treats other people. You know, he, he buys lunch for his entire crew every day. He prays over the food. It's just, you know, his actions. So it's really important to, to lead by example and, 
and I hope I'm doing a good job with with my team as well. <laughs> well, I've heard you are. So, uh, and again, if you've got that many NFL and NBA clients, you've got to be doing something right. So, let's talk specifically about this week. Uh, you've got a fashion show, panels, private events, the Mi- Miami Design collection, just so many things going on. Uh, tell our audience about what you have going on around Super Bowl in Miami this week. Well, tomorrow we are doing a women's panel. The theme is victory. And I chose women that I've worked with in the past that really have a story that can impact, you know, a lot of women. It's, a, it's an empowerment panel. Uh, we have ESPN Undefeated uh, that will be there. Um, Kelly Carter is our moderator. And it's just really celebrating women. Uh, you know, it's also celebrating the 100th year anniversary of the 19th Amendment, women's rights. So it's just really important to get, uh, you know, powerful women to share their stories. And that's Wednesday. Thursday, we're doing Legends and Legacy. And I have a panel with my amazing clients that have been with me since, I mean, Adrian, his rookie year, Antoine Bethea, his rookie year, Carol Owens, his rookie year, um, Thomas Davis. Yeah, I've been working with these guys for over 10, 15, 20 years. So it's just an extreme blessing for them to all come together and support um, the Legends and Legacy panel. That's Thursday. Friday is our fashion show I'm really excited about. And um, we we teamed up with Savon Jewelry, and they really inspired me with making our custom kimonos. So I'm excited to share that. Um, The fashion show is this Friday, so please buy tickets. Uh, You can go to MiamiDesignDistrict.com for that and i'm just really excited to share how has fashion changed over the years like you said you've been doing this for a while now and you know do you get together with your clients and they're giving you that keen insight as to what they're looking for or are you saying hey this is the latest and the greatest this is what you should be wearing you know i i have so many uh well i i work with a lot of clients and we want to you know make sure that everybody expresses their own uh, style and fashion within themselves. Uh, with Derrick Henry, it's a collaborative effort. We go back and forth. Uh, a lot of it uh, come, is based on his shoes. He's a 14 wide. Wow. It's really hard to find <laughs> shoes that fit him. Uh, so, you know, once he finds a pair of shoes that he loves, we, we just work around that. But it's definitely, like, we collaborate uh, as far as, as his look. Um Magic Johnson, we put together about 100 combinations, and we just mix and match different combos. You know, it's, everybody is different. The other thing I am impressed by is uh, you've designed clothing for the HBO Ballers cast, the Mad About You newly released show, and then I know you had a number of musical artists at the Grammys this past weekend who were wearing your designs and fashion, so that's got to make you really proud. I've been so excited to work with just amazing, you know, talent. Uh, it's We're getting ready for All-Star Weekend in a couple weeks, so it's just we're always moving. In March, we'll get ready for MLB Spring Training, and then we have the NFL Draft, NBA Draft. I mean, every year, it's, it's the same exact calendar. So, yeah, we're we're very busy. What's the best way? We have a lot of pro athletes and even just business executives who listen to this show. If someone wants to uh, work with you, are you taking on clients? And also, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Should they go to your uh, website, alba-la.com? Yes, absolutely. We work with everyone. You know, it just happens to be we have a lot of athletes, but you know, we, we, we work with everyone. So we're very fortunate to have 
you know, our roster, but it's, yeah, we work with everyone. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, as someone who has a daughter, uh, I love the fact that you're doing that, that women's panel and you're a strong woman entrepreneur. And uh, I love the fact that Magic Johnson uh, has kind of taken you under his wing and provided mentorship. I saw him last week at, at David Stern's memorial and he was looking sharp as always. I mean, when I think of people like Magic or Derek Henry or even Adrian Peterson, they're always dressed to the nine. So you've, you've done great work. I appreciate that. Thank you. I just love what I do. Joanna Alba. And I love the people I work with. No, that's great. And that, I mean, doesn't that make you excited to get up every day and, and want to do what you do, right? It really does. And, and you know, I just got a, a call from uh, Carlos Boozer, who's also been my client since I did his draft suit back in the days. And and um, I invited him to the panel, and he was like, we will be there to support you. So things like that just really, you know, it, it's, it's I'm so fortunate and blessed. Before I let you go, I've always wondered this. So you do a lot of suits for, for NFL and NBA draftees. And let's just say when they're coming out of college, a lot of them, their, their go-to fashion has been hoodies and sweatshirts and, you know, practice gear. They're not used to wearing nice suits. So when they come to you and say, it's my biggest set of my life so far, I'm getting drafted. How do you help them kind of find their style for that first big night? Oh my gosh. Again, that's, um, it's a process. Um, it's, we go back and forth again. We have to make sure that nobody is in the same style or, or, you know, remotely close in color and things like that. We, it, it's a big day. We want them to stand out. But at the same time, I'm very, um, conservative because I want them to look back at their pictures and say, Oh, I looked great instead of what was I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are some of those draftees that look back and they're like, Whoa, that's, that's what I was wearing. But, uh, no, I, yes. I mean, I apologize to, um, who was it? Carmelo Anthony. Every time I see him, I dra- I dressed quite a few of those guys that year and, with their suits down to their knees, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but that was the style. That was the style back then. That was totally the style. Yes. One of the things that was very funny about uh, David David Stern's memorial, they showed a video before, and they showed David Stern trying on LeBron James's jacket before that draft. And obviously, you know, David Stern's not very tall and not nearly as big as LeBron, but it drew a chuckle in the room that, uh, you know, here's this this older white gentleman trying on LeBron James's big, long jacket, and it was very funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've been in the industry for a very long time. Well, Joanna Alba, again, a powerhouse L.A. designer, more than 1,200 NFL and NBA clients. You can find her on Twitter or Instagram at Alba Legacy. Good luck this week in Miami, and thanks for taking the time to join us on Sports Business Radio. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a good day. You too. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. I can't tell you how many times over the years on Sports Business Radio that a PR person is asked to listen in on my interviews with their CEO, GM, coach or athlete. They also want to call us in our studio so that we don't have the phone number of the high-profile person who is calling us for our interview. Blinder has developed a technology that solves these issues that have existed for years. Use Blinder's unique technology to connect your athlete, coach, or executive's personal phone for any interview without sharing their private information. Remotely control the phone interviews. 
set start and finish times, monitor online or with the Blinder mobile app, and listen to a recording of the call at any time for complete peace of mind. With Blinder, you're finally in control. The system works globally from any phone line. Scheduling a call takes seconds. Customizable push notifications ensure a connection, and no one needs to download anything to make or receive a call. PR people everywhere should be using this helpful technology. Blinder is now the technology we use for the official guest line for Sports Business Radio. Learn how to start your free trial by visiting blinderhq.com backslash SB radio. Now we're talking. We're back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks to Peter O'Reilly, Eddie George, and Joanna Alba for joining us. I bring in executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, we always like to make our Super Bowl predictions before the big game. So I'm going to ask you, who's going to win? What's the score? Who's the MVP? And do you have any like prop bet prediction that you want to throw out there? <laughs> I always love the prop bets. Yeah, those are awesome. <laughs> there's so many random ones. And it's like every year there's more. Somebody finds something else to bet on. Uh, as far as predictions for the game, first of all, excited that it's two teams that are new to it yeah. or at least have, you know, in our, in our, in our lifetime basically. Um, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning the game 35-31. No way, dude. Is that the same way you're going to say? That is exactly. <laughs> there's no way. I love it. Did you look at my notes? No, I really didn't. I promise. Oh, my God. 31. That is eerie. Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, we aw- we're awesome. The, uh, the Bryans think alike on this one. So your MVP, you're not going to pick the MVP I'm picking. Because uh, you're going to pick Mahomes. No. Tra- oh. Travis Kelsey. Ooh. Three okay. touchdowns over 150 yards. Okay. He's going to be the guy. All right. Which I'm, will probably be a, a, you know, a tight end. Doesn't usually get it, but we'll see. I'm going to go with the odds-on favorite, which is Patrick yeah. Mahomes. So there, there's no, you know, oh, wow, Berger, you're really going out on a ledge on, <laughs> on that one. I, I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. I, I literally here on my notes had Kansas City 35-31. That's hilarious. I love it. So we have the same score. Uh, any other, like, think, bold prediction? I don't have any. I mean, I think one of the prop bets, I don't even know if it's a prop bet. It probably is, but I'm going to go second half uh, kickoff if it's a return for a touchdown. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the one I've been thinking about. We'll see what happens. How about you? You know, I, I said this for the national championship game and I was wrong, badly wrong, but I'm going to say <laughs> it again. You know, you heard in our interview with Peter O'Reilly, there's only been one overtime game in the history yeah. of the Super Bowl and it was the Falcons and the Patriots a few years ago. I'm going to say overtime in this, cool. which I guess now that I think about it, it can't be 35-31 no. if there's going to be an overtime. So let me, to be different from you, okay. let me go, uh, would they kick the extra point in overtime? No, they wouldn't. So I'm going to go 37-31. I'm going to go. say they'll score a touchdown to win. in overtime, which again, with the rules being what they are in overtime now, would mean that San Francisco wouldn't get the ball. Right. Because if you do score a touchdown. field goal... Then you get the ball, but if you score a touchdown, uh, I am pulling for Andy Reid. I mean, yeah. look, I like the Niners. There's, there's nothing not to like about them. I respect them as an organization, but I'd really love to see Andy Reid finally get a Super Bowl yeah. win. Um, I love, did you see it opening night at media day that there were a few reporters that showed up dressed as Andy <laughs> Reid from when he was 13 and in the past punt <laughs> kick competition? That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I love it. What a great Halloween costume, too, yeah, by right? the way. <laughs> Dress up as that and then like take your kid and he, that, your kid can be mini, mini Andy, Andy Reid. <laughs> like, or like the That's kid good. that was, 
competing against Andy Reid when right. he was 13. Right. But I, I want Andy Reid to finally win. I have some friends with the Kansas City Chiefs organization, so I would love for them to win. And you know what? I got to tell you, I, I've said this on the show. My two favorite athletes in sports right now, I love Damian Lillard, so you know, like I'll remove him from this because I'm in Portland and I, you know, he was on our show last year. I love Dame. Patrick Mahomes and Luka Doncic. Yeah. Those are my two favorite athletes yeah. in sports right now. They represent everything good on and off the field of play. So I'm rooting for Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I think for the NFL, they really can't lose because each of these quarterbacks, each of these teams are kind of the future of the NFL. And for them to have gotten these two on this stage, and as Peter O'Reilly said, like, you know, this is the NFL 100. So you're kind of looking ahead. Well, here we are in the Super Bowl looking ahead with Mahomes and Garoppolo. I think it's going to be a huge TV audience. It might break all kinds of records. And uh, it's NFL 100. So I'm interested to see, you know, what Peter just talked about, to see it come to life on Sunday. Yeah, and also Eddie mentioned, too, that it's the first time, what he said, that two teams of the same basic colors. Right. So it'll be interesting Red. to see how the uniforms and yeah. how they color the field and all that stuff. That's always fun to me, too, to see how they design the stadium and make it look so uh, so different for each team. So that'll be fun. All right. Now, you're having a Super Bowl party, right? Like, you post up and you have some good oh, eats, yeah. and it's, yeah, yeah. it's an event around the Griggs household. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always a good time. We have one thing my dad's made his whole life when we were kids, we call it the macho nacho. Oh, it's basically like a seven layer dip, but he adds some some extra love in there. Yeah, so that's always a go to. And little smokies are my kids' favorite things. So we have a <laughs> crock pot of those going. Little smokies. Yeah, those are the two go tos for us. Nice. Well, and the thing about Super Bowl that transcends everything else, and it's the reason it's the most watched TV event of the year, bigger than the Oscars, the Grammys, any other sporting event, is your mom, your wife. Yeah. Your child, your grandma, like everyone's interested in the commercials. They're interested in, you know, the 12 minutes of what becomes the biggest concert of the year, which Mm -hmm. is that Pepsi halftime show. There's so many ancillary things going on around the game. And again, you pack that in with NFL 100 and the top 100 living NFL legends on the field, the top 10 living coaches on the field, this is going to be a special one, Griggs. Yeah, but I'm excited. And yeah, the NFL 100, Peter hit on it too a bunch how cool it is and some of the stuff he wouldn't even tell us because it's, you know, right with its secret still. So I love that. And uh, it's it's tune in worthy. You have to watch it. And I'm looking forward to it. All right. So you've got 3531. I've got the game going into OT at 31. And then if they score six, so that's 37 to 31. I like it. And uh, we'll see what happens. Gatorade color. What color? Mm, good one. Um, I'll go with my favorite all time, which is orange. I'm going to go red. It Classic. doesn't have to be red. Yeah. I mean, well, that's we just true for the teams. Yeah, yeah that's it, true. It's, it's got to be red. But I swear to God, whoever makes the Gatorade for the team, they must know these prop bets. And they bring out, like, the blue or <laughs> yeah. the, you know, Smurf this. Neon. Or, right. <laughs> like, someone's going to get a hold of, yeah. oh, these are the prop bets. And right. here's what's going on. And, by the way, this is the most bet game of the year, any sport. Sure. And as we were joking before we came back, the prop bets are – Nuts, and it's part of what makes this game fun. And you can combine Super Bowl prop bets with like, how many points is LeBron James going to have, or how many you know strokes is Tiger Woods going to have, and over unders, and it's just crazy <laughs> the number of prop bets. But I've been to Vegas for this game, and it's literally overwhelming. You oh, get yeah. up in the morning when you can start betting on these things, and you're like, oh my god, like. <laughs> 
there's 250 prop bets on a sheet. That's, which, but Vegas cleans up on the prop oh, bets for sure. Just yeah. cleans up on the prop bets. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna take the over on Demi Lovato okay. singing the anthem, and I'm also gonna say heads on the coin flip. Okay, those are good ones. Yeah. Demi, I think she tends to draw out a little yeah, bit, so I'm going, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> Coin flip. Uh, like Peter, we mentioned the the uh, President Bush one. Uh, maybe if overtime. We'll see if they have a, an alternate coin. Well, they will now because <laughs> yeah. we've talked about it. It's happened to them before. I'll go tails. And I've predicted overtime, which means it'll probably be a blowout of, of yeah. some yeah. magnitude. <laughs> it's going to be uh, fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Those are our predictions for Super Bowl Sunday. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com.